We've been talking about persistent faith. I want to encourage you to go back and listen to these messages. Download our app, go on our website, get the CDs. You know, we sell them for so much money. I think they're a dollar. Unless you don't have a dollar, then we'll give it to you. And because uh, we want to get the word of God out. You know, it's so important. But, but here's the deal. In this series, um, we have touched on some things that are so foundational that I believe are taught in a way that will help you. You know, we talked about in week one being a doer of the word. That how that, how that we are to, the doer of the word never takes his eyes off the word of God. In week two, we talked about pretty much the same thing, went a little deeper, so we called it what it means to continue in the word. The doer of the word continues in the word. It's only the one that continues in the word, according to John chapter 8, that will know the truth of the word or will gain revelation knowledge of the word of God so that the word will make them free. Notice you don't have to make yourself free as a Christian. The word of God does the work. Amen? So then we talked about in week three to be fully persuaded. What does it mean to be fully persuaded? That Abraham, we used him as an example, that he looked at his circumstance without ever wavering because he, and he grew strong in faith. He was fully persuaded that what God had said, he was able also to perform. And then in week four, we talked about how that faith is a receiver. And we talked about the faith that receives. So we, we really talked a lot about how that we must receive through faith what God has given us by his grace. There's only one way to receive from God. God today is not moved by our needs, right? He was moved by our needs 2,000 years ago and met every one of them. So now he's moved by faith because he can't force his blessing on you. You have to receive it, and you receive it through faith. And then now last week, we got into a very, very important part of the walk of faith, and that this is it, that faith is a rest. And we talked a lot last week, literally, about trusting God. We want to continue in this vein and really go deeper because this is so important. You're not built to live out of worry, care, anxiety, toil, stress. You're, you're not made for that. Your body's not made for that. Your spirit surely isn't made for it. it, it even actually, even though our mind is unrenewed, they know now that, that, that they, as they study the brain, and this is not Christian stuff, this is secular study of the brain, that the brain is wired for love. And the reason why people have so many problems and get chemical imbalances is because when, whenever you don't think in line of the love of God, your, your, your body will release all these hormones to try to balance it out. And sometimes you can get hormonal imbalances because of that. Well, you know, if, if that's where you're at today, I've got good news. God will heal your body. He'll heal that. You know, I've got great news for you that the God of heaven will help you. Psalm 18.2. I want you to see this. This scripture is amazing. It's the foundation. It's a, it's a foundational scripture if you want to live a life of rest. It says the Lord is a rock and a fortress and a deliverer. He's a God. He's strong in whom I will trust. A buckler and the horn of salvation and a high tower. Isn't that powerful? Do you know reading that scripture like I just read it? Did you notice it probably has about a millionth of the power that's actually in that scripture? Because I read it wrong. I could feel some of you going... He's not a rock. He's my rock. He's not a fortress. He's my fortress. Look at, look at this scripture. The Lord is my rock 
Eight times in this verse does he say my or I. Personal, eight times in one verse. That's the Holy Spirit going, this is the principle. The Lord is my rock. That means my house is founded upon a rock, so I pull this into the New Testament. And now, because my house is founded on a rock, when the storms of life come, where the rain, the winds, and the, and the, and the floods come, I am not even moved because the Lord is my rock. Not a rock, my rock. That's revelation. He's my fortress and my deliverer. He's my God, but my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If, it's not, if he's not your God, you're never going to be able to walk in faith. Do you see that? Never. Right? He's my strength in whom I will trust. My buckler. That word buckler means my shield and my protector. He is my shield. He is my protector. Although the enemy is shooting fiery darts at me, he's my shield. I don't have to be my shield. He's my protector and the horn of my salvation. That word horn in the Hebrew language means and the power of my salvation. God is the one who empowers my salvation. So you could say it this way because salvation is an all-inclusive word. It means healing. God empowers my healing. He empowers my wholeness. He empowers my provision. He empowers my peace, my joy, everything. He is the one. He's my and my high tower. What is a high tower? If you study this phrase in the Hebrew language, it literally means he's my inaccessible place of refuge. That means there's a place that I have in him that no one can get to. It's an inaccessible place of refuge. And in this place, I rest. It's the secret place of worship. It's literally what it is. To where you're fully persuaded. See, when you're at rest, you're at re God rested not because he was tired in creation. Whew, man, you know, just it took a lot out of me to create the sun. It took a lot. No, no, that wasn't God, right? That didn't even, he didn't even sweat. You know, in the Old Testament, the, the priest's garments, they were made because God was like, I don't want you to sweat in my presence. There is no toil in me. Isn't that cool? Yeah. God doesn't want you toiling. It doesn't bring him any pleasure to see you stressed out and worried about your situation. It's just he's your father, and he's like, man, you just let me into this situation. I'll strip it of everything, all stress, all toil, all, all fear, all this stuff. He doesn't want that anywhere close to you. He's your inaccessible place of refuge. See, in this place of rest, God rested not because he was tired, but because he was finished. I rest now as his child because I know it's finished. So in the place of rest, it's I know it's finished. My healing, my provision, my peace, my future, it's all finished. So there's nothing left for me to do but rest and worship him. This is why many of his children don't know how to worship him. Because they're too stressed. They're in fear of the future. They're in fear of things. Turn over to Romans chapter 10. Let's, let's continue on with this and we'll build this. What we want to do with this study is we want to teach you how to enter and how to walk in the rest of God to where you're at rest. To where when all of a sudden something comes out of the blue that might startle your emotions that you the spirit man that you are can go, no, emotions, you calm down, right? 
For it is written, great peace have they who love God's word. You calm down fear, spirit of fear, you get out of my life. You're not a part of me. You're external, you're not internal, right? Feelings come in line with the word of God. And now I just rest. That, see, God wants not only to you to know how to enter it, but how to walk in it. So, and that's what we're going to really talk about today. Romans 10, 17 is a great scripture. So turn over here. I know you guys could probably quote it, but here I want to break this down a little bit. It says, so then faith. If you really look at what faith is, it's the ability to trust God. Isn't it? It's, it's the, whenever I hear the voice of God, Faith comes and I trust him. It's done. If he said it, it's done. So you could say, so then faith. So then faith. The ability to trust God comes by hearing, not by listening, but by hearing. Okay? Hearing. That means a place of hearing is where you respect the word of God to the point to where you allow it now to speak to your heart. So faith comes as you hear the very sound of the word of God. So then faith, the ability to trust God, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes, your ability to trust God comes as you hear his word. So another, another way to say that is faith comes or the ability to trust God comes as you gain revelation knowledge of his word. In the best manuscripts of Romans 10, 17, it doesn't say, and hearing by the word of God. It literally says hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Who is Christ? Right? Christ, the anointed one and his anointing. So faith comes as you hear as you allow the anointed word of God to speak to your heart. To the degree I have knowledge, I can trust. Your trust will never be able to go beyond your knowledge of him. So many people are playing a game that they think is faith, and it's not. It's mental assent, and it, and it leads to stress. You know, the doctor's saying this, and the symptoms are getting worse, and I just hope, I hope this works out. But then they come to church and they play the faith game because they know how to quote a couple scriptures. No, forget all of that. Let your life be focused on knowing him. And as you gain knowledge of him, which is knowledge of his word, faith is just there, right? Your confidence in God it grows progressively, little by little, as you walk out God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life is designed, as awesome as it is, you walk out every desire of your heart, you fulfill everything that's in your heart to do, but while you're doing it, that plan is designed to grow your faith, to grow your trust in Him. Developing trust happens over time after you've made a decision to start the process. It all starts with you have to decide, am I going to be completely dependent upon myself or am I going to be completely dependent upon God? And here's the thing, there is no middle ground there. If you're not completely dependent upon God, you're depending on yourself, which is keeping God from working in your life, even though he wants to. Does that make sense? So the Holy Spirit will teach you. He'll teach you how to rest. He'll teach you how to walk this out, what to say, what to do, who to be around, who not to be around. Right? He'll, he'll work this whole thing out for you. So now in Psalm 125, you know, I want you to see this. That's important. Go to Psalm 125, verse 1. Hallelujah. Psalm 125, 
verse 1 says this, They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed. So when you trust in God, you can't be moved. You can't be removed. What is that? Let, let me say it correctly. You can't be removed. Well, removed from what? Well, in your life, you can't be removed from that place of trusting in him. Now, you can choose to stop trusting and remove yourself, but Satan can't remove you. Circumstances can't remove you. Nothing can remove you once you have chosen to walk in trust. Because, see, you can't really trust God until you know him, right? So they that trust the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abides. This word abide means lives and stands forever. God's word cannot fail. So what we do in our situations in our life, we find out what God's word says about our situation. God's word, it's the foundation of our trust in him. We must take God at his word and we must put all of our trust in what he has said. And in reality, he's a God who not only won't lie, but he can't lie. He's a God that always performs what he says. Always. So now, keeping this thought in mind, go to Isaiah 26. You're in Psalms, just turn right a little bit. Psalm, or Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4. Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4. It says this, Thou wilt keep him. Now we're getting clarity how that when I trust God, I can't be removed because God is keeping me. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Boy, there's a lot in this scripture. The only reason that you could keep your mind, or the, I should say this this way, the only reason that you can keep your mind on him as you walk through this life, no matter what's thrown at you, is because you trust in him. If you don't trust in him, you won't be able to keep your mind on him. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. See, this word stayed literally means to lean on and take hold of. Lean on and take hold of. With my mind, I can lean on God. In other words, the renewed mind will be able to completely depend on God. Right? So here's an example of this. Steve, can you come up here? Pastor Edwin, why don't you come on up too? Both of these guys are well able to catch me. But let's use as an example, though, I have spent a ton of time with Pastor Edwin, and I know him. Does that make sense? So Steve, I've just met him, but I really, you know, let's say we met for the first time. I really don't know him. Now, he looks well able, but it doesn't matter how well able he looks. Because am I going to stand here and just fall backwards and let him catch me if I don't trust him? But Pastor Edwin... So, okay, so you ready? All right. No, but, but if, I, if, I, if I trust him, if I trust him, I'll just fall. I mean, I, I just, you know, I just trust him. Right? Even though, man, I could hit my head and, and be, be hurt, I, I trust him that he won't let me fall. Right? But Steve... Because I haven't spent time with him, I might, I, right? Notice in my mind, my mind has not 
leaned on and taken hold of. But so let's say, though, that I start to spend time with Steve and I know him as a man of character, right? After a while, I'll get to the point where just no problem. Does that make sense? I won't even think about it. I just, I won't even think about it. This is exactly how we are with God. If you don't know him, you know, your bank account says zero and you need $3,000. And you're going to start, are you going to start looking for some, some other way to make that happen? But when you know that he's your God and that he's already spoken. Now, see, how would I get to know Pastor Edwin? How would I get to know Steve? How would I, how would I do that? I, I would talk to them, right? So then as we talked, then we'd walk together, and then what would start to happen is there would start to be actions that would happen. You know, I, I'm in a bind, and I, I call Steve up, and, and he's always, yes, pastor, man, I'll be right there to help you. And you know where I call Edwin up. And so, so now pretty soon I've got a lot of words. Then pretty soon, you know, Pastor Edwin might say something like, hey, pastor, I love you. And if you need anything, you can call me anytime. Right? So, so he'll speak words, but then followed by action. See, as you walk out God's plan for your life, it's designed for you. Every step of that way, it builds confidence in who God is because you are going to have a lion come into your life, something greater than you, to try to take something of yours. And, you're, and, then, and, and, and if you flail that one, guess what? A bear's going to still come. And then if, as if that was not enough, Goliath is training right now. And then if that's not enough, there's a fiery furnace for you. It's called the valley of the shadow of death. But my Bible says if I'm a child of God, because he is my shepherd... I shall not want, I'll not be defeated, I'll not be diminished, I'll never lack, right? And though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because he's with me. So many Christians don't, don't do this. Don't read your Bible and then put it down and forget about it because you'll forget who you are. You'll forget who he is. He is an ever-present help. In your time of need. So, so this is a huge thing. It says here, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Notice God is the one keeping you in perfect peace. And it's not peace like the world gives. It's peace that passes all understanding. Will mount guard over your heart and over your mind through Christ Jesus. It says here, because he trusts in thee. Verse 4 says this, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Now this word strength is a little vague. In the Hebrew language it literally means is everlasting refuge. You have a place in God. He's your Father. So from this scripture, we see this truth. The Bible identifies trusting God as keeping your mind on Him. Does that make sense? So let's keep going. Another way to say this is the Word of God is the seed that will keep you at rest. So this is why, how does it keep me at rest? Because I'm speaking it. I've got my eyes on it, and I'm meditating in it day and night. And, and, and guys, this will enable you to be more effective at whatever you're doing at work. You can keep your spirit locked into Jesus, and he will literally help you do your job, and it'll cause you to do it at a level way beyond that's ever been done before. So, so literally, I mean, he'll lengthen your day. He knows everything you're going to face this week. Every problem, he already knows. And he's your answer. God's word is the seed, I would write that down, that keeps you at rest.
So realize your trust in God. Did you notice when I fell back? Your trust in God, it's expressed at, in your rest. Are you trying to figure it out? Are you relying on yourself? Or are you resting in what God has said? Right? This is so, so very important. You, you cannot understand how to trust God without understanding how to enter into his rest. You've you got to understand how to enter into this place where you're ceasing from your own works because you are fully persuaded that it is done. And how you enter that rest is literally by meditating in the word. It's keeping your eyes on the word. It's being a doer of the word. It's literally continuing in the word. It is becoming fully persuaded. It is using and walking by faith so that you can receive all that God has provided. Have you noticed kind of the progression? I didn't know this progression when I started this series, but it's an amazing progression that the Holy Spirit's given us. Entering into God's rest will demonstrate always the degree of trust that you have in him. It'll, it'll always, see, the degree that you rest is the degree that you trust. The degree that you trust is the degree that you know him. To rest, what are we talking about? To rest is to cease from your own works. And now you're only working out what he is working in. Resting, we're not talking about resting from activity. We're not talking about being inactive. Well, you know, I'm going to quit my job and just believe God. Well, you know, if you're not able to eat very well while you're working, you're in trouble. Right? No, we're not talking about inactivity. We're talking about resting in work. Because you're always to be working out what he's working in, but not in your own strength. Right? Man, I mean, the enemy will be all over me. You need to pray more. You, you should fast. Man, I could tell a difference between when, when the Lord is prompting me to do something and when the enemy is. I could totally tell the difference. The enemy tells me to fast, I'm going to go out to eat. I'll go to a movie if he tells me to go, hey, go meditate somewhere. You need to, because the church is never going to become anything unless you do this. Oh, that's a sure sign that that's not God. Because God will never talk about, gosh, Tony, you have to do this so that this church becomes what it's, no, 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 no. I mean, that's, that's whether it be this house, your house, any house. We're not to labor. That word vain literally means labor in ruin because of its, its toil. So let's keep going with this. Trusting God demands that you enter into his rest. Hallelujah. Rest means we're not trying to work something out in our own self-effort. Give yourself a break today. Right? Just give yourself a break. And just make it the focus of your life. Make a decision. For my life, I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I'm going to seek the, 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 plan, the statement of my life. My, my purpose statement is I am live my life to know him. That's it. Yeah, but what about the things you need? God says if I live my life that way, he'll add everything that I need. And I trust him so much. To be honest with you, I know I'll be living in a house better than what I'd probably be able to pick for myself. I'll be driving a car probably better. better. You know, I'll have more. Why? Because, because now he's, I, I'm literally sowing in my relationship with him, and in, which will be others, and he's harvesting into my life. See, that's why, that's one of the big reasons why God gave Adam Eve. Because he knew this guy's in trouble if he's alone. Right? He's going to be all about himself and he's going to be thinking about himself. So, so he's saying, Adam, I want you to love your wife. I want you to give yourself to her. And as you give yourself to her, as you sow into her life, I'll harvest into you. 
It's a principle. It's a principle. So this is huge. If we will rest, God is able to work. If we're working, God can't work. The God of heaven will not compete with you. He's God. And, and he would have to violate your will to knock you out of the way so that he can do it. But if you give it to him, he'll take care of it. Are there any things in your life that, that wake you up at night? Toil? That stress? Things that kind of eat at you? Situations in your life? Right? Give it, give it all to him. And you go to sleep and let him work it out. Because he knows how to work it out. He really knows how to work it out in a big way. We must realize that we need God. Now here's the thing about rest. Whenever you enter into his rest, there is an empowerment that happens to you spiritually. Being at rest is being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I'm no longer hoping it's going to work out. I'm no longer closely observing my circumstances because in my mind, I'm fully persuaded it's already done because he said it. So it becomes very simple. I don't ask myself questions like, do I take medicine, do I not? Do I go to a doctor, do I not? Do I have surgery, do I not? My focus is not that. So if I'm taking medicine, I take medicine in full trust and reliance in God. Because faith doesn't come by taking medicine or not taking medicine, right? Faith doesn't come by having a surgical procedure or not, right? You just work out what he's working in. So just because a doctor says I need surgery, I'm not going to say, okay, let's do it tomorrow. No, no, I got, I got to check with my father, Right, And if I have a piece about it, listen, if you're going into a hospital that's run by human beings, you should, have, you should, you should go in there, right? If you don't believe me, ask, ask Dr. Ruthry. Ask John. I mean, you know, you, there's probably some bacteria in there that's probably some pretty crazy stuff. And, and humans, have you, ever, have you ever made a mistake? See, if I make a mistake as a pastor, you may you know, you may not like me for five minutes until you get around me. If Alicia makes a mistake in the ICU unit, somebody either goes to heaven or somewhere, right? Because, right? So, you know, it, it's just, it, so when I go in there, if I'm going in there, if I'm in her ICU unit, I, now this girl is full of the Spirit of God, full of the Word, but I'm not going to put my trust in her. I'm going to put my trust in Him. Because when, if she's tired at the end of a 12-hour shift or if Leanne as a nurse is tired and, and all of a sudden, you know, they're out in the hallway and they're like, something needs, Tony needs something. The Holy Spirit can guide you. Right? So, so in all the things, in finances, same thing. God, the Bible says, the, the God of the universe said, I am the God, Isaiah 48, 17, that will come in and teach you how to profit in whatever you're doing, and then I'll lead you in the way that you should go. I'll lead you. Hey, I'm going to give you this idea for a business, and then I'm going to hook you up with somebody, or you know what? It gets to the point where I need you, I need you full time with me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hook you up with ideas and manufacturers that you just have the idea and then you turn it over to them and you just make the money and you go out and do ministry. You know, get ready. This is the end of the age. A lot of that will be happening. So let's look at a picture. Let's look at a picture of rest. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 10 gives us a picture of rest. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10, and we're going to read just, just three verses, verse 10 through verse 13. It's really interesting, when you look at the Bible, if you want to compress it, the children of Israel are a huge example. The Bible says that everything that God did you know, for them, it, it's a type, it's a shadow, it's an example, it's a pattern. 
we could look at them and see a pattern of what not to do. But let's look at this, because this is a picture of rest, and this is a picture of what I'm talking about. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10, And it shall be, when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee, and goodly cities, here's the first thing, and goodly cities, here we go, rest, which you did not build. Owning a city would be a great thing. It'd be even greater if you didn't have to build it, right? And houses full of all good things which you did not fulfill. And wells digged which you did not dig. Vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. And then God says this, when you shall have eaten and be full, God has no problem with you being full. So get rid of the poverty mentality. Verse 12, then beware, lest you forget the Lord. Now, if you look at, here is what it means to forget the Lord. You might want to put this in your notes. Forgetting the Lord is not keeping his word. That's forgetting the Lord. And then beware lest you forget the Lord which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. For a New Testament believer, you could say, then beware lest you forget the Lord which brought you out of the kingdom of darkness and out of spiritual death from that house of bondage and placed you into the kingdom of his dear son. That the children of Israel were a total example of us. The children of Israel in Egypt were a type of us in spiritual death. Them coming out of Egypt, which God brought them out, is a type of us getting born again. Them going through the Red Sea, it even says it, is a type of us being water baptized. Them going over the Jordan and obtaining their inheritance is a type of us obtaining our spiritual inheritance, which is not an, a land per se. It is spiritual truth, healing, wholeness, peace, joy, all these things in the unseen realm. But no doubt it's like them because their inheritance was not just the land of Canaan. They were, see, they were, to, they were to possess this land and then be an example to the earth of what it would mean to be in a relationship with God so that all the nations of the earth would be blessed and the whole earth could return into the Garden of Eden, which is what God wanted, right? But this is why God said, listen, as truly as I live, my glory will cover this earth as the waters cover the seas. So it says here, thou, verse 13, thou shalt fear the Lord thy God. Step number one, you've got to reverence, honor, and respect him. And here's the kicker, above everything else in your life. It's real easy to say, oh Lord, I reverence, honor, and respect you. But, you know, the NFL season's starting, so. No, above, above everything. Above everything. Here's the cool thing with that. When you put him above everything, you'll enjoy that stuff that you really love and a lot more. A lot more. I mean, it's hilarious that the, the thing, my heaven is sitting in a chair with my AirPods in so I could still hear the waves, but I'm hearing teaching with a little yellow notepad and my phone. So I have all the versions of my Bible right there and just sitting there from, I could sit there, ask my wife, forever, right? And taking breaks to go stand in the ocean and just pray, and then go back and sit, and then go back. I mean, I love that. I think it's hilarious that the God of heaven planted me, the other place of heaven for me. <laughs> yeah, it is. Actually, this is a greater place of heaven because I've I never experienced anything like I experience it right here in the center of the country. And because we followed the Lord, the Lord has enabled us to live on beaches and, and enjoy that and all this other stuff. Versus before we stepped into God's will, every time I'd go to California, I'd be frustrated because I'm trying to figure out a way to get back there. Toil, 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 toil. 
I'm trying to work to get back there. And God's going, that's not where I have for you. Right? Right here. That's, that's right. So it says here, thou shalt fear the Lord thy God, number one, because if you don't reverence, honor, and respect him above everything else, you won't serve him and serve him. And if you don't do those two things, you're never going to be able to swear by his name. So obedience is huge. And this trips more American Christians up than anything I've ever seen. Because we live our life. And pastor, don't you push me. Because I'll leave. And I'll never even think about you again. Now, here's the thing. God's saying, pastor, don't push people. Because there's no anointing to push people. I'm not anointed to tell you what to do, to push you. I'm not, have you noticed? I wasn't there when you woke up. You know, you see me in a vision going, read your Bible. No, no. Now I'm praying that you will. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I pray that you come to church. I pray that you put God first, but I am not anointed. You know, some of you want my opinion. I don't even want my opinion. Don't want my opinion. We want God's opinion, Right? So this is a picture of our place of rest. We must realize and recognize that we should not work when God's not working. Don't worry about that loved one that's not saved. Don't worry about them. God's got it. Rest. Don't worry about that person that, or that, that son or that daughter or that person that you just want to get saved. Because what happens is, in a good heart, you start working it out that God's not working in, and, and here's the Holy Spirit talking to them, and they, and, and they will stop listening to the Holy Spirit to oppose you when you start talking. Just let God do his thing. You cannot produce the God kind of results unless God is working for you and through you. It's impossible, right? I must rest. What am I resting in? In the finished work of Jesus. Your healing is finished, right? Your success is already finished. You're not trying to become successful. Gain revelation knowledge and you'll realize, I've already, I'm standing here and I've been given everything that pertains to life. Everything. And godliness. I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I can do all things through him. He empowers me to get wealth. He heals my body. He does everything. So I'm not trying to become prosperous or successful. I already am. And because who I am in Christ, now the Spirit of God is going to lead me into this wonderful success that I already am. It's already finished. The finished work. I rest in the finished work of Christ. I, I rest. I'm not trying to figure it out. My eyes are on him. Right? So what do I do as I'm, as I'm walking out from the time that I believe I receive my healing until the time it manifests in my body? What do I do? My, the fight of faith is to stay at rest. And, and, you know, will the Lord give me some natural things to do? You know, when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, my back is hit with something. I think it was in the first or second year of our church. And for nine months, I was shaped like a hockey stick. And I, I, would, I would have to sit down and preach sometimes. I'm preaching faith and healing. And I've got pain going down my leg, exploding in my knee. Sometimes when I'd be preaching... The Lord would have me stomp my foot. And my mind would be going, you don't want to stomp your foot. You might pass out. One time, my lovely family left me in the basement. And I, I, got, I tried to get up from my chair, and I couldn't. So I'm quoting scripture, going up basement wooden stairs. I had to pick the, the wood out of my pants. Then I, I finally crawl through the house. I crawl into the garage. I crawl into my car. 
You know how you just, when you sit down in a car, you just kind of back and sit down? Not me. For nine months, I'd have to crawl in forward. Then I would flip a certain way, and right? And so then I drive to Elkhorn Ridge Middle School, and I can't get out of the car. So, so I'm like, I'm, 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 I finally get to where I, and I, you know, I'm walking like this, and I open the door to the outside door, and then there's an inner door, and then there's a cafeteria where we have church. I opened the outside door, and I heard our worship team, and a minute I heard our worship team, the pain went away. So I was fine. And many times I would preach under the anointing, and I'd be fine, and then that anointing would lift off, and I'm like, oh my gosh, right? And so the Lord, one time I was, one time I was uh, just praying, and the Lord said inversion. I googled inversion and, and saw an inversion table. We ended up buying an inversion table. That really helped me. God was helping me. The Lord led me to a doctor in our church that had studied with NASA the spine for six years, and so he helped me. So there were some natural things that the Lord led me in, but I had him, he's my healer. And while, while pain is exploding in my left leg and down my leg, I'm healed. Why, why am I saying I'm healed? Well, that's what my father says. You know, I had a pain doctor. I probably wasn't real nice to the guy. No, I shouldn't say that. I was not nice to him at all. And I had to repent for that one because he told me I was an idiot and I had to have surgery and all this other stuff. And before I knew it, I backed him into a corner. And I'm like, you're an idiot. I'm not an idiot. And I will never have surgery. And my back is, will be well. And this poor guy, I don't know that he'll ever visit our church. If he ever does, he might walk through that door and turn around and go, oh, and leave. <laughs> So, you know, but it's, it's one of those things where, uh, why did I do that? You know when you're in pain? Why, I hate telling these stories on myself. Why do you do that? Because you're hurting. And you get your eyes off the Lord, and you get your eyes on the pain, and you're not in a good mood. There's a place of rest, though, to where if you got the word in abundance, you'll jump right back. You'll send them an email and you'll, you'll apologize for your thing. But I will never go back there. And guess what? I didn't have to have surgery. And my back is fine. Right? And it's been years and years and years. And thank God. But why nine months? Because it took God that long to heal my back? No, it took me that long to lay hold of it. So why don't we start the process before we ever have symptoms in our body? So I rest... This means no more toil. So let's look at another example of this. Let's go to Joshua 24. Joshua chapter 24 in verse 13. Is this helping you a little bit today? I'm going slow. I, I wanted to get through all of this, but I'm not going to. But, you know, we might have to have three weeks on this. But Joshua 24, chapter 24, verse 13 gives us another picture of rest. I mean, it'd be nice to buy a house, you know, and build it and, and fill it with nice things that you like, but it, it would be really nice if that house is already built and you just walk in and go, wow. But whether you build it or whether it's built, do it, do it. Just, just let God lead you to it. Work out what you're working in. Where you live is not multiple choice. If you don't have a house today, guess what? The Bible promises you houses. Because you need one to live in. You know, you might, as you grow spiritually, if you get to the point where you grow spiritually enough, God might even, if you love lakes, he might even give you a cabin on the lake. He won't do it unless you're real spiritual, because otherwise we'll never see you again. Right? That happens all the time. And then what happens is people end up 20 years later, their kids hate God. They're divorced, but boy, they had some quality time with their family. They couldn't go to church for three months out of a year. You know, we've seen that. And, 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 but, you know, whatever you desire, the Lord will just, he'll just add stuff to you. You don't have to figure it out. Here's another example. Joshua 24, 13. And I have given you a land which you did not labor. All the blessings of God that he's provided for you, you can't labor for them. 
and cities which you did not build and you dwell in them, and vineyards and olive yards which you did not plant, you eat. See, God did this once. If he did it for one, no respecter of person, he'll do it for all. If he did it once, he'll do it again. God gave them something without their labor. God has given you everything and you tap into it without labor. We are not talking about, like we said earlier, we're not talking about rest from work. We're talking about resting in work. God wants us resting while we are working out what he's working in. You, as we said earlier, you're not created to work out of stress, out of care, out of anxiety. You're just, you're not, you're not made to worry. We're never to worry. The Bible says don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. If I don't hear the gospel, here's a key, and this is, we'll transition. I'm closing, so we'll probably get into this next week. If you don't hear the gospel of grace, if you're not hearing the gospel of grace, you can't enter into rest. It's impossible if, now, now not having heard, I'm talking about hearing. You must be hearing the gospel of grace. The gospel message is a gospel of his grace. And we're going to show that next week. I will just see, if I'm, if I'm not hearing the gospel, I'm going to struggle. I'm going to try to perform. I'm going to try to work things out and hope that something good happens. I lived that way for years. Don't live that way. So we're going to talk about this next week. I, I really, really want to get into this. We're going to, and if you want to study in advance, I know we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 4, and we'll go to some other scriptures. But the Bible lays out some principles on how to walk in rest. we got to show, first of all, the gospel that Paul preached was the gospel of the grace of Christ. It's what he's provided for us. And it's the gospel. It's, that word gospel was a really rare word in Paul's day. It was hardly ever used because it, it meant something, something that the news was so good it was just too good to be true. And that's the gospel of his grace. Amen.